This is Double, Double Strength. Strength Mama Power. It's a stuff podcast. One day you'll miss it, you know. The early morning wake-ups and jumping into bed snuggles. The bath times and bedtimes and story reading routine. The meal times and wipe-ups and general racket of a busy house. So enjoy it while it lasts. And Ann Mum Pro 3 will be right there with you. And Mum, you've got this. When you have your first child, everything feels like just what has just happened to me and is this my life now? Yes, it is your life now, but it is a constantly and ever-evolving new version of your life. And whatever it is in this moment won't be how it is tomorrow or the next day. And I think having a second child has made for me, when I have those moments with my second baby, I'm just so much more relaxed because I kind of know that it is all going to be all right. They are words from the wise. That's Holly Walker, mum, writer and former MP. Now, motherhood for her certainly wasn't exactly what she expected the first time round. No, and I think that's so true for most of us. Her honesty about what happened is really compelling. It sure is. She opens up to us about coming back from a challenging round one with her firstborn to have baby number two and a return to work. Mm, Be assured, people, her tale proves yet again parenting is the toughest job of all. This is Double Strength Mama Power. Kia ora koutou. Expecting for the first time should be great. It can also be completely overwhelming when reality bites and your new arrival is not sticking to the game plan you had in mind. Well, that was the hard truth writer and former MP Holly Walker had to confront. She described it this way. I was an anxious, sleep-deprived wreck for the nine months I lasted as an MP after my daughter was born. So how do you regain your equilibrium and confidence in the face of those kinds of feelings? And how about finding the courage to have even more children? I talked with Holly Walker about her journey back to the workplace on her own terms. Holly, looking back before you had children, what kind of mother did you expect you would be? (laughs) Well, it's funny, isn't it? Everybody is a much better parent before they've had children. <laughs> I, I I fully expected to be uh, really good at it. Um, I was the kind of person who thought, oh, you know, my children uh, won't eat special meals. They'll just eat whatever I put in front of them and they'll learn to um, sleep through the night just by some kind of natural, amazing process. Um, I thought I was going to be you know, a full natural childbirth, amazing sort of earth mother, all whilst having a full-time or much more than full-time job as a member of parliament and dividing the childcare responsibilities equally and very feministly with my partner. So uh, as you can probably hear, I had some pretty unrealistic expectations about parenthood, which uh, quickly came crashing down uh, when when I realized the reality of the experience. Or what had you and your partner discussed about bringing up your first child? Yes, yeah, so we were really determined that we were going to share the parenting responsibilities equally. And I still believe in that and I think it's a really noble goal. But I think what I have realised now is that that can happen over time. And at certain points in you know, the life of a child, it may make more sense for one parent or the other to be the lead parent. So I went back to Parliament um, 
when my daughter Esther was about four months old. And so our plan was that Dave would be the full-time parent at that point. He stayed home from work with her um, and I went back to work. But uh, it was really difficult in ways that I hadn't anticipated. I hadn't really realised what a biological pull there would be, um, what a hormonal pull there would be and how challenging it would be to be apart from her when she was so little. So I think... Uh, now that I ha- now that she's older and I have a second child, I understand that there are times when one parent can can be the lead parent and the other can be the lead, um, you know, income earner, and you can move back and forth uh, in that way. It doesn't have to be split fifty fifty down the middle right from the beginning. Um, but at that stage, I I felt like my um, experience of motherhood was really coming into conflict with my ideals about how parenting should be. Um, divided, and I didn't know how to reconcile those two things. Mm. Was there one particular experience that made you decide to step back as an MP? Yeah, yes, there there were a couple, and they kind of built on each other. So I knew, you know, I knew I was feeling really overwhelmed, really stressed. Um, Dave and I were having these terrible fights uh, at night time over stupid little things, but that's often what happens, I think, when you're so tired, you fixate on small things. But I didn't really. I wasn't really able to draw boundaries between where work and, and life uh, ended, and that was quite challenging. And actually, I I had pretty severe postnatal depression and anxiety, although I didn't realise that for a long time. Because people, you know, you know to expect that you'll be really tired, you know to expect that you'll have broken sleep, that you'll be stressed, you know, you have a big job, you're familiar with those things anyway. So I wasn't sure what was normal. So for a long time, I kind of was feeling having a really hard time feeling very overwhelmed, often very um, indecisive. I couldn't make decisions. I felt uh, often full of rage. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, well, this must be the normal the normal uh, new parent experience. I didn't have a benchmark to test it against. So I didn't recognise that I actually was not okay for quite a long time. Were you getting any support at the time, Holly? Uh, We had really great family support. We're fortunate that both sets of grandparents live um, nearby, so we did have wonderful uh, family support. But I hadn't told anybody that how I was feeling. I felt really uh, embarrassed, I guess. So uh, while we did have great support, people would have helped us even more if I had been able to articulate just how challenging things were. But I felt this pressure to... Um, kind of demonstrate that I had it all together and that it was possible for women to have big jobs and children at the same time. And so I almost thought I would be letting my team down if I uh, admitted that things weren't going so well. And so some of the support I could have had, I think I didn't access because I was reluctant to really admit to myself, first of all, and then to anyone else around me that I wasn't coping. So was it a hard decision to make to give up being an MP? Um in the very practical sense of like when that moment when the decision was made, no, it it felt very clear that there was no really no way to continue trying to do both of these things, and it was a huge relief. Um, I sort of felt like I was floating once I had decided uh, to take that pressure off myself and and not try to continue to do both of those things. But it was hard in the sense that this was a career that I had really wanted, and I felt you know I felt really. Um, committed to trying to uh, use my skills and talents in Parliament to make a difference. And, uh, you know, I was very values-driven and I wanted to 
and make change on social issues and environmental issues. And so stepping away from that and thinking, what will my contribution be if I don't do this job? That was really hard, but I also knew practically I just couldn't continue to do both of those things. Mm. Hey, Holly, there's an oft-used phrase that goes, what doesn't kill you makes you strong. (laughs) What did you learn from that experience with your firstborn? Oh, so much. I I learned I learned my own limitations. I think first of all, you know, I learned how to um, how to recognise signs of what's what is actually just tired and tiredness and stress and kind of can be absorbed within normal life and and what are the danger signs when things are getting too much and how to step in at that point and put some measures in place. You know, whether that's asking for help, making sure that I get an, a couple of nights of really good sleep. Um, some time alone, whatever it is I might need at that point to get that then rather than letting things build up to when they're really out of control. Um, but in the bigger picture, I also learnt that there is plenty of time. So I still am really committed to, you know, having combining parenting with, you know, doing work that I find really meaningful and aligns with my values and contributes to the world and to sharing that parenting experience equally between the parents. But I've realised there are ways to do that um, that that can happen over time, um, that it's okay to work part-time, you know, to, to keep your hand in at work, but, but step back from that professional sphere for a while. Um, you know, I've basically learned that it's all, it will actually all be all right in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it sure will. Hey, were you working again when you had your second child? Yeah, so after I left Parliament, um, I had a couple months off and then I uh, started working at the Office of the Children's Commissioner, which is a really wonderful place to work. It's obviously very flexible and family-friendly, as as the Office of the Children's Commissioner should be, uh, but also really, you know, work that really spoke to me in terms of what I care about and, and making a difference. So it felt like a really good place for me to be working. Um, so I had been there for a couple of years, n- not quite full-time, um, when I got pregnant with my second child, uh, Esther was three when I was preg- when I fell pregnant, and four um, turned four just after my second child, Nadi, was born. Um, and it was just a totally different kind of experience. Uh, one where I knew from the outset that I'd take a full twelve months of parental leave, and so I didn't feel any pressure to return to work. Um, I knew that I could take my time and just kind of enjoy having this little baby in the house, um, which is what happened. Mm. Hey, talk us through some of the things you learned about having a second child. Um, I guess the one thing that I was thinking about um, in relation to like, what's it like having a second a second baby after a first kind of challenging experience was just I had um, I had this really lovely experience when my second child was born where... I agonised for a really long time about whether we should have a second child because I had found aspects of the first um, time around so challenging. I sort of thought, gosh, how could I go back and do all of this again? Um, And what I was really pleasantly surprised by was um, the way that when she arrived, it really felt as though a missing piece fell into place. So... um, not only was it easier to do all the things with her for the second time because I'd done them before, uh, but also something about her presence in our family dynamic felt like it made everything easier in our household. And I know that sounds crazy when, you know, you have a, a little baby who is up in the night and you already have an older child who's 
adjusting to and now having a sibling and not being the only child anymore. But there was something about um, uh, her presence just falling into place in our family that I thought, ah, you are supposed to be here and actually... um, You've completed the you've completed the dynamic in our family. Um, that it did it made everything easier to uh, not just easier to do a second time, but actually even things with my older child were easier once that second child arrived. So that was a I know it's not like that for everybody, um, but it was a beautiful, pleasant surprise when she arrived and and felt like that. Holly, when we're in the depths of this despair as a parent, which we can be at the various stages of having a child. What is the one piece of advice that you would give someone facing this? I think the thing I have learned the most is that um, it will pass. <laughs> so uh, I often think of this in those in that um, couple of hours between like 4pm and 6pm <laughs> when my children are tired and I'm trying to cook a meal and everybody's grumpy and somebody's pulling at my ankles or tearing a cupboard apart or dumping out the dinner that I finally get on the table onto the floor and I just think, oh, this is so hard, is that it will pass and in a couple of hours they will be asleep and I'll be sitting on the couch, you know, with a cup of tea and things will be calm again. And that's that's true even in those really most intense, most challenging moments. Um, when you have your first child, I think, and it's so hard and everything feels like just what has just happened to me and is this my life now? Yes, it is your life now, but it is a constantly and ever-evolving new version of your life now and whatever it is in this moment won't be how it is tomorrow or the next day or next month or next year. And I think having been through the experience once and then having a second child has made for me, when I have those moments with my second baby, I'm just so much more relaxed because I kind of know that it is all going to be all right um, and we'll get through this moment because soon it will be gone. Are women good at sharing the warts and all reality of new parenthood? It's so hard, isn't it? Because children just arrive in the world and they need what they need and they need us to take care of them. And I sometimes, um, you know, I have had moments where I think, oh, I when I'm talking about how challenging this experience has been, I hope that I'm not doing a disservice to my children if they were ever to read or listen uh, when they're older, that they wouldn't feel like it was their fault that it was so hard because it's not. You know, they're wonderful, perfect beings and they just need their needs met and that's what it's our job um, to do. But meeting those needs and existing in the world and trying to maintain a career um, and just make ends meet is really challenging. And I think we do a disservice to parents if we don't acknowledge the reality of that. So what what I love about, um, you know, podcasts like this or, or blogs that really talk about the reality of the experience um, or books that do that is just acknowledging it's okay to find it hard and love your children, you know, with the whole of your heart. Uh, You can do both of those things at the same time. They love smashing my computer. They try and interrupt me all the time. They're pretty cheeky about it. They're sort of starting to grizzle and sort of eye roll. Mom, you're working. Yeah, I do. I think that we're sort of tying ourselves in knots and burning ourselves out, trying to be all things to all people, and it's not possible. That pressure is extremely intense, and I think the rise of social media and sort of mummy blogging is really not helping people either. You know, I just feel a lot of that is actually quite unhelpful. 
What I love about Holly and the conversation you've just had with her is how refreshingly open and honest she has been in her whole experience. Sure. When you think about how Holly opened this conversation about her level of expectation on herself. Mm. And in her book, she talks about a feeling of um, being incompetent Mm. or failing Mm. because she wasn't succeeding in doing all the things that she had envisaged that she'd Mm. be able to do as a mum. That's a bit of a, a, you know, hit to the heart because at times we do that to ourselves, don't we? Did you do that to yourself? Oh, definitely. Mm. Definitely. I had great expectations. Oh, my goodness. I spent years (laughs) making Play-Doh and singing songs, having kids climb onto my knee and... I guess just be everybody's fairy tale auntie. Oh, yeah. I felt like a godmother, you know. Um, I could stop children crying. It was because <laughs> I was somebody who made them sing and dance and I never mm. had to say no to them, to these mm. wonderful children who I'd perhaps only met once before and not met at all. So to have the reality of being a parent that just couldn't fix things straight away mm. and who had to say no and mm. who has these little individuals who have their own mind mm. and, yeah, it's... How did that feel? So you had obviously this definition and vision of success and that you could totally do it Mm. because you'd been doing it on TV for so many years. And then when you couldn't fix it and you had to say no, how did that feel? Stink. (laughs) (laughs) It felt awful Mm. because um, you just want the fairy tale. Mm. Don't we all want the fairy tale? Mm. I mean, I was mum's Peter Pan through and through, so I didn't want to grow up. Mm. And I've had to grow up all of a sudden. Yeah. But now looking back, the benefit of hindsight and reflection, so you felt stink then, but how do you feel now looking back on... Oh, gosh. If I could parent now for the first time with all this knowledge and a better appreciation of who I am and how I fit within my own skin, mm. oh, man, I'd be, I'd be a different parent. And I'd love to go back and do things again. But I also live by the motto that there's no point in having regrets. Mm. So Absolutely. don't regret and just move forward from this point. Yeah, that's right. Because when you look back, you can think, oh, wow, you know, I, I could have done that so differently. But I think at the same time, you should be able to look back and say, wow, you know, look what I did do. Look what I did Mm. achieve and look how I did grow. Because we're never going to do it perfectly. Nobody's perfect. You know, my seven-year-old just said to me the other day, you know, mum, it's okay to make mistakes, but it's not okay not to try. Mm. Where does she get that from? Well, she actually got that from school. They're talking oh, okay. about they're <laughs> talking about they're talking about growth mindset, and I think that's what we all need to have yeah. as parents. It's a growth mindset. It's that you know, I'm just going to try and mm. keep trying, and through trying, I will grow. And with growth, we become more more than we were. And I think that's that's amazing, and it's something that I've been thinking about as I have prepared for what's next. You're just about to leave the house. Oh, now what was that one last thing you were going to pack? Oh, with all the tabs open in your head, it can be hard to remember which day it is or what you were doing. Even though we can't make up for the lack of sleep or lapse in concentration, we can reassure you of the care that goes into the development of our Anmumpedia Pro 3 toddler milk right here in New Zealand. Anmum, you've got this. Everyone is doing the best they can in each moment. That's a mantra I've reminded myself over and over again. Redemption is an act of redeeming for a fault or mistake, or atonement for guilt. Many parents like the idea of second and subsequent children as opportunities to redeem themselves for their failings with number one. But when you're doing the best you can, 
the best you know how, then there is no fault, there is no failing. As my seven-year-old likes to tell me, it's okay to make mistakes, but it's not okay not to try. So instead, how about we reframe redemption and look through a lens of personal growth? With every child, we learn more about humanity as embodied by our little one and in ourselves. Who is this child? Who am I when I'm with this child? And that changes with each. And it's not ever failure, it's growth. So let's explore that. Take a moment now to think back to when your first child was born. What were your values back then? What was your natural style? Perhaps, like me, you valued order and achievement. Perhaps you were structured. Bring that version of you as a brand new parent to mind and recall your values and your style. Now consider, how did they help you? How did they strengthen you? For me, for example, bringing order and structure to my parenting allowed me to cope with this completely unpredictable and dependable child. Next, recall your values and style with number two. No doubt there was a bit of the same and maybe a few ones snuck in like flexibility and maybe playfulness. Have a think now. And then consider, how have they helped you and shaped you? Think about the wisdom you've developed, the emotional intelligence, the compassion. With every child, your capacity to love and connect grows. With every child, you give and you become more. Every child is unique. There are differences between children and differences within children at every stage of growth. And that presents opportunities for us to grow as parents and as people in our own right. I invite you to come back to looking through this lens and asking yourself these questions a little later on when you have time to pause and really consider them. Use them as a way to explore you, who you are, your values, your strengths, and the amazing personal growth journey you've been on. The questions again to remind you are what were your values? What was your natural style? And how did they help you strengthen you, develop you. Do this for each child. You can write your thoughts down or draw a timeline or even create a picture full of shapes and patterns and colour representing your growth. Becoming a parent is the steepest learning curve and the deepest privilege. Taking time to reflect like we're doing here is a wonderful way to honour the privilege and honour yourself. Thank you, Tui. I always love your mindful moments. It's a real chance to just reconnect and just be. Mm. But what I love about this one, it's a gift that you gave us to look back on what we've done and how far we've come and that we are succeeding. We are okay. We're doing good. We're doing so good. You know, yeah. we are all doing so much better than we think. And when we just stop and get rid of any judgment we have on ourselves and look at the journey of growth, mm. I think then we can all be really proud of ourselves. And we can move forward from this moment. That's key. Absolutely. Move forward from here. The next moment's a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to sign off today with Holly, in her own words, reading from her book, The Whole Intimate Mess, Motherhood, Politics and Women's Writing, published by Bridget Williams Books, recorded by Radio New Zealand. 
For a while, I managed to convince myself that what I was experiencing was a combination of normal new parent sleep deprivation and a high-stress job. Until one day, I couldn't pretend anymore. Perhaps we could have managed my fragile mental health on its own, but by that time we were also dealing with another major challenge. Dave had developed excruciating pain in his back, neck and shoulders, and it was showing no signs of going away. It was getting harder and harder for him to take care of Esther while I was at work. Stupidly, it was only now that it occurred to us that perhaps putting someone with a neuromuscular condition that causes weakness in the shoulder muscles in charge of caring for an infant, all that lifting, might not have been the best idea, but the damage was done. Maybe Dave would have developed chronic pain even if he hadn't put his body under strain caring for Esther. Maybe I would have developed postnatal anxiety and depression even if I wasn't in Parliament. Maybe these things were inevitable. Maybe we could have prevented them if we'd thought about it harder, planned better. At this point, we'll never know. What we did know, staring down the barrel of three more years if I was re-elected, was that we couldn't do it anymore. On the 30th of June 2014, I announced my decision to step down from the Green Party list, citing an unforeseen change in my family circumstances. Driving home, I had to grip the steering wheel as tightly as I could to stop the car from lifting off into the air. Remember when you used to leave your house with just a wallet? Now it's nappies, blankie, teddy, books and two changes of clothes. You didn't even need this much luggage when you did your OE. With no added sugars and Mumpedia Pro 3 toddler milk is one less thing to worry about. We know, because we're parents too. Double Strength Mama Power is a stuffed podcast made in commercial collaboration with the Mumpedia Pro 3 toddler milk.